1: Mark Madden, Welcome to Woo Nation Uncensored, and we're opening today's program with some big news. The battle is over. The war has been won. Becky Lynch is no longer the man. WWE isn't even using it. She is now big time Bex. So let's welcome to the program the 16-time world champ, the one and only man. He is the nature boy, Ric Flair. Nature. We always knew it was going to come to this. We always knew who the winner was going to be, but it's all over.
0: It is. And in closing, because <clears throat> I'm so tired of going over it, it's not even let's say hypothetically the number one selling T-shirt for two years and a multi in a billion dollar company. So let's just say they made thirty million dollars, right? I could find out, but it's not worth it. Ultimately, the people that did that to me need to look in the mirror and know that I worked my whole career for that to belong to my daughter or my son. They got to look at themselves in the mirror. They got to say to themselves, boy, he took something that he worked his whole life, his ass off for every day, made a joke of it and gave it away. That's all I can say anymore.
1: The proof is in the pudding. Becky Lynch is now big-time Bex. And Ric Flair, moving forward once and forever, is I'm the silenced. man now.
0: I'm silenced on the issue. No more.
1: Okay, good. Well, we wrapped it up, and the result yeah. is what was hoped for. Now, we've talked about Becky trying to be the man. And now Chris Jericho has been called the GOAT, the G-O-A-T, the greatest of all time. Although, to be fair, that's not being marketed. So where do you stand on Chris Jericho.
0: Well, the reason I tweeted about that was, look, here's what, there's so much that goes into this. You can't take, you can't, you just can't, take me, take my name off. So Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Steamboat, right? There's nobody, not just Chris, that's ever going to be one of them. Nobody, not me. I was never as technically gifted as any of them. My gig... Was I brought the show? Was I a good wrestler? Yes, Did I work hard? Yes. Did I have trademark sayings that I saved my money with today to be the man I wrote that down 25 times yesterday at a signing. So it, it's just unfair to even I don't it, it, forget, forget that Chris did it, and other people are saying it. And you cannot compare Chris or anybody else. It's nothing personal against Chris. I, I mean, well, I've been there. I've got to say,
1: way. Rick, and like I said, it's not being marketed. Yeah. And I do agree with your appraisal of, of the all-time greats, but I think Chris is a generational talent. Uh I didn't say well, for
0: wrestling. I, how many I, times he's reinvented himself, and in, in how many different places? That That's not the argument. I think he's great. I didn't say, and I'm not, this is not against Chris Jericho, but he, he nor me, nor a lot of people are ever going to be Shaw, Michaels, Bret Hart, or Ricky Steamboat.
1: Now, how do you see Chris as a worker, both now and in his prime?
0: Well, I think he's always worked extremely hard. But I think that if you break right down to it, we've talked about a hundred times. punching and kicking are the fundamentals of the business. Neither of which is he very good at. He works, he can do the lion team or all the flips, everything in the world. this is nothing but the guys that are the great ones are the guys that never ever miss anything by that be a punch a kick whatever whatever calls for it does that make sense to you
1: yeah it does make sense but like i said i I think he is a generational talent i think Uh,
0: i'm uh, not i'm not i'm not not arguing that point
1: and 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 I'll, i'll
0: tell you what else he is he's a man chris is a man like when he went over to aew he called vince and said this is what i'm doing I mean, he, he always deals with things up front, which I respect him for. He's a man. I'm, I, I like his family. His dad was a genuine athlete and a hockey player at a very high level. But you're asking me a question. This is just my opinion. But I've been around a lot longer than all these guys. Even I'm 10 years older than Brett and Steamboat and all those guys. So I've had the, 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 the I've seen the greatest. The greatest of all time was Ray Stevens. I've been saying that forever. There's not enough footage out there to prove that. The second greatest is Shawn Michaels. And from there, you can put you can put some pieces together.
1: No, no, I see what and, you're saying.
0: And Sean, and, and by the way, is Chris's idol.
1: Well, I just I just want to make make sure Jericho gets some credit though, because he is 50. One thing I gotta give him credit for, he books all his own stuff in AEW, and anybody who says otherwise is lying. And it's among the most logical stuff. In AEW, what I really like about Chris is his mind for wrestling. I I think he gets it like few others.
0: I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You're not. We're not. I'm not arguing over one statement, right. one word. Goat. You know what I mean? Right, no, no. I get it. I get it. Like I said, it's not being marketed. But uh, I mean, I mean, Becky Lynch had that on her jacket the other day. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm talking about. We have a lot of we have we have a lot of self proclaimed great workers but oh no one thing we've who, talked about many times nate the word
1: great is so horribly overused oh, not just in wrestling please but in sports and in life it's overused everywhere
0: oh my god and I, and how about i'll go back to a couple weeks ago michael wilbon Stephen a smith is lebron james still a top five player as he just had his 18 30 point game last night hello <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll we're, tell you what, though. I, I wish the Lakers were winning a little bit more. And, yeah, uh, and well, I, I do too. assemble that team, this is the guys
0: he wanted. I realize that. But once again, I wouldn't talking about the Lakers. I'm talking about, is he still a top-five player? Absolutely. No question. Oh, my God. Please. I think he's better than top-five, don't you? I do, too. But I met people like Michael Wilbon, who's never had on a jockstrap, are, are saying, what the hell? Steve would at least played basketball. How, what, what is the debate? it'd be like me trying to tell you how to do a sports show. I just have an opinion. Like all the marks that crack on you or crack on me or crack on anybody, it's just an opinion. Social hey, media. I'm gonna, I'm so gonna tell you right now, I am wearing a jock strap even as we speak. You just can't see it. <laughs> yeah, but and, and you don't want to either. No, no now, but uh, but, uh, you, but you are, but Mark, do you do you realize on your show? You are a professional announcer that's worked for ESPN. You're the biggest radio show in Pittsburgh. You're entitled to have an opinion. You're not no, some I guy getting, off and getting have an off opinion.
1: Of, and, and I do think, but Will it shouldn't Ron, matter.
0: It shouldn't matter. I, Everybody's I gonna Ron have an opinion.
1: Knows what he's talking about. I just think he's wrong in this
0: instance. I think Michael. Well, first of all, Tony Kornheiser almost killed Monday Night Football. We agree. <laughs> I thought they were going to lose the programming. So I think I think it's two guys, they're probably even younger than me, but you lose track of time. And to even say that, it's not even tongue-in-cheek, LeBron James is either number one or number two.
1: Oh, no question. I, I couldn't agree more no. Of all time.
0: He breaks a record every day.
1: Well, I think Jordan and LeBron are the two best players of all time, although not, not to veer too far into basketball, but I always feel like the big guys get short shrift, like like Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell and. Well, Will, Will's my don't favorite. Don't get enough credit because of their size, because they're supposed to be good because yeah. they're
0: big. Yeah, Well, how many good guys scored hundred points? <laughs>
1: oh, I know. Let me I, let me tell
0: you. How many good guys averaged fifty-four point six points a game? Oh no question. And now- twenty-five rebounds. That brings me to my point. Like, even
1: though I think Jordan and LeBron are better basketball players in terms of the skills of the game. Yeah. If you offered me one player in his prime to build my team, around, I would take Wilt Chamberlain in his prime.
0: Oh, my God. One of the thrills of my life was meeting him in Honolulu. He was playing beach volleyball over there. And I actually thought, my God, that's Wilt. Who had more
1: more women? You were Wilt.
0: God, I don't know. I never... well, you have kn-
1: more wives, but I'm not sure that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Come on, I made a couple bad decisions in my life. Come on, God, they were all it, bad it, from it, the start. No, 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 they were all good initially. I, I'm just a am a cowboy. It's tough <laughs> being married. It's tough being married to Ric Flair. It's I played that stoplight on my show the other day. Yeah, yeah. Every
1: <laughs> time I leave Texas, the girls all say, "Look, there goes the all-around cowboy." That's
0: right, and I and I can barely ride a horse.
1: <laughs> now I, I want to get get to the guys that got let go. Some people got let go by WWE, and we're going to talk about William Regal in depth in our friends and foes segment. And hey, as I've often said, I don't want to see anybody get fired. But WWE always looks like the bad guy when this happens, because they run their company like a business. They are publicly traded, yep. so they have to look at the bottom line. But they always come off as villainous to the internet wrestling community.
0: Yeah, and that's that, that's a horrible thing, because it's a business to them. And, if, and if, uh, I don't know the numbers, but if NXT is not making money, they, they, they can't keep paying people. So... I don't know the answer to that, but I I look at the ratings, you know, just like I'm watching every show I can possible now so that I can talk to you intelligently about these things. But the ratings are everything. So who knows?
1: Well, first off, nobody told me we had to talk intelligently before we took this project on. And and second off, uh, (laughs) it's just so different from the way AEW does things. And I don't know what AEW's bottom line is,
0: but, you know, uh, nobody gets fired. More people let, get
1: hired all the time.
0: Yeah, let me point something out to you too. The reason I love Steve Regal and he and I are very close, uh, I I was shocked that he was gone, but he left like he said things, he made comments that were, that pointed out pointed out what a great guy he is. Very classy said, on it, his way to, out the door, to, Nate. To, that's to, that, it's just like when I left the company, I we just went personal directions. I mean, we didn't have the same vision for me. But because then Nick Khan makes it personal. So just because I didn't want to work there and I wanted to do stuff like this so that I can reflect on my career, you know, Nick, he buries me. So what do you do? And, I, and, and getting back to this, how, and I need someone to explain this to me, how in God's green earth do you take the flares, take that brand and not make it a fixture of that company? Well, I'm not sure they haven't regarding your daughter. I mean, she's still no, very no. I, I'm saying I'm talking. Oh, she, no, she's for sure. I'm not talking about that. I said, how do you decide to take that brand? It doesn't come along it's like 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 Bobby Jr. and uh, and Randy. I mean, to me, those are the things that make wrestling what it is. Randy's a third generation wrestler and better than both his dad and his grandfather. Charlotte is a second generation wrestler and better than me. Do you know what I mean? But we all learn our time, and to me, you just—they, to me, if I was a company, I would embrace that and go. God, just this, this only happens so very few, so very, so very—I'm sorry, very happens, only happens so rarely, very rarely. No,
1: no, no question about that. Now, among the guys who got let go was Samoa Joe. Yeah, and if he's still able to work, he's valuable. But in September, he was injured. But it's funny, a lot of guys leave WWE and suddenly they're cleared to work, like like Brian Danielson. What kind of future do you think
0: Samoa Joe has? He, I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a hell of a talent. I like Joe a lot. I don't know. I, I tell you what else I like. I thought Joe was great on the microphone. I liked him when he was commentating. So I don't I don't think Joe's going to have a hard time getting a job anywhere. I yeah, think but, he'll be just fine. Where, where are the jobs at? What's going
1: to open up? I mean... It's just—I mean—I'm not sure how many more guys AEW can sign. Maybe Impact can take him on. Where where he did great work. I mean, his feud with Kurt Angle in Impact.
0: Yeah. Was great. one of the most
1: memorable things that company's ever done.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was there when it was happening. Yeah. No, I'm Joe's a hell of a hand. I somehow I feel like the guys that had the talent, you know, if they want to keep doing it, he'll land somewhere. Well, I always I mean,
1: liked him because he was real. He was threatening. Yeah. You, you well, looked at him and you believed. Yes. And uh, I, I want to see more of that. And frankly, less of small guys flipping around. And- yeah,
0: I'll give you an example. When when he grabbed Lesnar, when they had that little mini feud. Right. It was believable. Yep. He, I mean, that when he came out and grabbed Lesnar on the stage, that, I went, man, now this is believable. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, for sure. And and I hope he winds up on his feet. Because again, I think he's doing uh, he something he left he to will. offer now. WWE has really changed NXT around. The way it's presented is a lot different, a lot of the old version wrestlers are gone. But I don't see a different product, I see mostly different people. In the ring, it looks exactly the same to me, Uh, what say you, Nate?
0: Well, the problem is I'm not familiar with everybody, so I. I don't want to say something that I'm not.
1: No, no, but I'm talking about the, the, the trappings, like the, the graphics, the visuals, all that stuff, yeah, that's I, I, different, but I don't I have, see anybody working any different. I, I just see the same style, and I know WWE wants the same style, but they didn't affect great change is what I'm saying. I know they want to get away from hiring indie workers and training legit athletes to be wrestlers. Maybe the change will show up somewhere down the road in that regard.
0: Yeah, I I, like I say I haven't been watching enough of NXT I I, I told I told you I think that uh, Rick Steiner's son's a hell of a talent. Well, uh, speaking of
1: which, Rick, he we just jinxed everybody
0: on this show, but we
1: didn't jinx uh, Rick's no, son, Braun Breaker. He yeah. won the NXT Championship yeah. the week after
0: we talked about him. I did see that. Yeah, he, the, the kid, the, he's a generational talent. He he will be if he well, stays and they, healthy.
1: And they brought Rick into the ring to celebrate the title win, which I yeah. thought was nice. And I'll tell you what, we talk about credibility, we talk about believability. Mm-hmm. I think Braun Breaker would be a credible opponent for a Brock Lesnar or a Roman Reigns down the road. I Abs- think you can look absolutely. at them in the ring and you can believe.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, if they want believability, bring his dad along too. Yeah, he's real. Yeah, he's real. For sure. Yeah.
1: Now, Nate, are you familiar with what Matt Cardona, formerly Zack Ryder in WWE, are you familiar with what he's been doing the past year? No. Well, he's worked all indies, uh huh, and he's doing like angles on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And his most recent angle is: remember when you did the thing with Randy where they they had the photos of you and Elizabeth? Yes. She was mine before she was yours. Yes. Well, Joey Janella, who's a, who's a real good hand on the indies, he works some for AEW. He's doing a thing where they Photoshop just like that, and he's with he's with the. Uh, Matt Cardona's wife, it's it's really funny. And the question is, can you run an angle just on Twitter now, on the internet? Has wrestling come to that? I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it's bad, but can you do an angle on Twitter and then take the matches, the indie shows, and have enough people pay attention?
0: I don't know enough about that. I, I, I wouldn't think so, but there again, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't think so either. Yeah, it would depend on how big you following. How many, how many, how many people follow Matt, Matt on social media?
1: A lot. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's he's really carved out a niche on the indies. He's like the king of the indies and he's working yeah. impact. Well, well too. He's, a, he's a good hand. Yeah, he is. I, I like him. I like Joey yeah. Janela as well. Yeah. And uh, Chelsea Green is is you know very yeah. striking yeah. and and certainly oh, yeah. good in, in whatever role she's played. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. Maybe how it plays out will answer. What we're talking about right now. How was Randy when you guys did that angle with Elizabeth? Because oh, Randy he was, was not, always he, so he, jealous.
0: He was not cool at all. It, it, it was. It was not. It was what started out to be fun turned into be a nightmare. Well, well, expand on that. What happened? Well, they actually got divorced. The well, last know, time was, was it because of last, that? I
1: mean, I I know the hope.
0: No, not because of me. No, they just they got. I mean. There's, I don't want to talk talk about two people that aren't here, but it was a it just it, it had to happen because Randy was a, a very controlling guy. Well, you know, when that
1: angle the, was was laid out, what was Randy's reaction initially? Did oh, he, he not did, want it,
0: to do it? Well, he liked me, so he went along with it. But it just got to be because behind the scenes, which none of us were aware of, their marriage was falling apart. So, and and then of course when it actually happened, I was wrestling. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I was wrestling Randy in Vancouver. And when Liz disappeared, she'd gone down to Miami with uh, Hulk's wife and uh, to the jockey club or something like that. And Randy was out of his mind. And I, I, it's funny, Earl Hebner was refereeing us. And I looked across the ring and I said, see, all those days you were cracking on me for spending all my money and staying at the Marriott Hotel while you were staying at the Red Roof Inn. I said, now she's got half. I thought, I thought he was going to kill me. <laughs> half—that's what they get every time. Man, four times half. People say, "Well, i are still working." You know, I got money, but you can never have enough. Well, do stand. the math, right, Nate? Four times <laughs> half—that's that's that's, that's <laughs> two of all of it. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't include the attorney fees. <laughs>
1: Well, again, I, I think Matt Cardona is a hell of a hand, and Wendy, Joey Canella
0: too. Wendy has her own Black American Express. There we go. That's all I can say. Her own oh, Black American Express. God you're taking, bless Wendy. You've <laughs> taken care of all of them, Nate. And you're yeah. right. God bless wondrous Wendy. Uh, yeah. The-
1: but but I hope this works out with this Cardona, Janela, and Chelsea Green angle because uh, they're all uh, good good performers. And uh, again, I want to see if it works. I'm very curious now. Yeah.
0: What, that's what I'm saying. If if they all are Good and they all are, and if they come up with an idea that's original and that, that somebody's going to fall for it, you know, because they are good at what they do. And I well, mean, again, it's not, it's I, not an I, original
1: idea, but 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 what's old becomes new again. And like I yeah. said, they're they're pulling off the the updating of your angle with Randy and Liz, yeah, they're pulling it off, uh, pretty good.
0: Now, hey, do you I know, you, long you, I know do it about- you know, you know, Vince, do you remember that angle? It's 1992, we were in Biloxi. And he made till until the show was completely over. We sat there, me talking to an empty building. Remember, I made the promo of all about Liz and me, da-da-da-da, ran. Da-da, and we sat and we shot that until two in the morning. Then I said, I said, look will you just take a night off and come out? You can drink all night there, right? So then me, Vince, and whoever else, Kevin Dunn, whoever was all part of that shoot. We went and then. They took off in a jet at 5 AM, <laughs> but that was so taxing. You know, it's such a perfectionist. I sat there and did it five times, you know, it was like a 10 minute promo, Randy, she's mine. Don't you understand? I was dressed up. I mean, she was mine before she was yours. Woo! <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a great angle. And yeah,
1: and you know, actually that, that begs a follow-up question. When you cut a promo over and over again, because, you know, they want to get a better take, isn't there kind of a concept of diminishing returns? Don't yes. you get to a point where it can't be any better?
0: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: But What's the most takes you ever did on one promo?
0: On a pre-tape? Yeah. Oh, God, probably 10.
1: Because the, I think no, no, I, no, 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 no,
0: no, in the old days, in the old days, when I, when I was... Uh, when I was up there with Vince, you know, you know, back in like 2001, he would walk to every pre tape position in the building and put his glasses on and watch it. They didn't like it, did it again. So I used to make jokes to the guys, right? I'm older now, I'm just having fun. And I would say to like uh, Bruce Prichard, Bruce, just make a decision. Just let it go. Just tell Vince you're going to put your big boy pants. I said, that's how you climb the ladder, Bruce. you make a decision. <laughs> and well, what, I did, what I used I, to do
1: in WCW was when I would wander past, you know, guys doing pre-tapes. Yeah. And they, you know, they were just as fussy about, you know, getting, you know, it exactly right there. Yeah. Especially in the prime of the company.
0: Yeah. Let hey, listen, one, you'll love this story. So let,
1: let me just, and I was, I would wander by and they would finish a take and everyone's ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And I would like just say, boy, is that the best you guys can do? Yeah. And whoever was produced would say, ah, oh, come on, do it again, do it again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, so when the first time that Randy and uh, Edge did the concerto to me, remember that? Right. So I go, Bruce, I'm only doing this once. Bruce goes, okay, but I, we have, we have, I said, Bruce. <laughs> and so <laughs> I drank about five cups of coffee. I had my blade and I had, you know, put makeup on it, and always thought, <laughs> you know how they dragged me down the aisle right. i must I must have cut myself six times, so Bruce couldn't make us redo it again. I was pouring up though they dragged me in the ring, gave me the concerto, which by the way, is not fun to watch <laughs> That's one they never touched me, but man, that thing looked good, didn't it?
1: Oh my God, yeah, well, you to concerto, about two concerto great rather always looks like it's destroying the guy yeah but, but i i don't I never heard anybody get get. Comb by it. Did anybody, no. that they were always real careful?
0: Yes. Yeah. Those guys were great, but you you, you had to have yourself in the right set of mind, especially as you get older. You worry about getting hurt. If I, if I was 25, I wouldn't have thought twice about it, but
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm that, worried about getting hurt doing this podcast. My name is Mark Madden, and besides hosting Woo Nation Uncensored with the 16 time champion Ric Flair, I'm a professional sportscaster of great repute. So I am so excited to tell you about our next sponsor. Bonnie Sports. If you're like me and you like picking who you think is going to win each week, each game, each sport, Bonnie Sports is the perfect place to do it. Bonnie Sports is the easiest daily fantasy sports platform I've come across where you just pick the teams you think will win each game and play against other fans for up to thousands of dollars in prizes. It really is that simple. You can enter daily contests for as low as $1 with prize pools up to thousands of dollars. And if you sign up today and use our code Nation, you'll receive a free $5 to enter any contest, including this week's $1,400 NFL Sunday contest. No deposit or payment info is necessary. You'll literally get a free $5 credit just for signing up with our code. Rick, let's pull up their 1K NFL Week Pick'Em. I picked this one because it's $4 to enter one dollar less than the five dollars they get for free with promo code woo nation let's start with raiders and bengals that is sunday at 130 cincinnati is minus six and a half i think joe burrow is a sensational quarterback i'm going with the bengals what say you
0: bengals all day long i love joe burrow and i'm so happy he came back from that knee injury well, the
1: Raiders snuck in just under the wire with that overtime win against the Chargers, so the Nate and I both agree, Bengals. Let's move now to the Patriots and Bills. They play Saturday at 5-15. The uh, Buffalo Bills are a 4.5-point favorite. Nate, I'm going with the chalk here. I'm going Buffalo. I think New England's had a great run with the rookie quarterback, but I think it ends in the wild-card round.
0: Where is it at?
1: It's at Buffalo.
0: Buffalo. Absolutely. For Bruce Smith, my man.
1: (laughs) Bruce Smith's not playing anymore, but Josh Allen is. Yeah. And I think he's the key to this game. I think he's a great young quarterback. Then we got Bruce Smith and Jim
0: Jim Kelly, who I talked to the other day. Well,
1: there There you you go. go. So the Nates got the Bills, so do I. Then we got the Eagles at Tampa Bay. That's on Sunday. The Bucs are favored by eight and a half. I got the Bucs all day long. I think the Eagles did yeoman's duty to even sneak into the playoffs. But Tom Brady. I know their receiving corps is depleted, but I can't go against Tom Brady.
0: Neither can I. And who can? I mean, really. And then I, we got
1: I, San Francisco against Dallas. The 49ers are three-point underdogs. And, Nate, I'm going with the upset here. I think the Cowboys are the most overrated franchise in sports history Ever. I think Dak Prescott's overrated. I think Zeke's past his prime. I say take
0: the Niners. And after watching them yesterday, I take the Niners too. They, I, they, they, I, either Shanahan, the great coach, but that kid that um, Garoppolo, or um, whatever, Stephen A. Right, Carlton. Jimmy
1: Garoppolo, quarterback, right?
0: Yeah, yes. He played outstanding. I mean, I, I they're going to be tough to
1: beat. I think the Niners are coming on. I think Dallas yes. is fading. I'll save my home team for last. Then you've got the Arizona Cardinals, who were the talk of the regular season. They are at the Los Angeles Rams, who have come on strong. They made some key acquisitions down the stretch. The Rams are five-point favorites. I'm going with L.A. Rams. And I'll tell you, even though I think T.J. Watt from Pittsburgh is the defensive player of the year, no defensive player has impact. Game in and game out like Aaron Donald of the Rams.
0: The Pittsburgh boy. Couldn't agree more. I text with him all the time.
1: Boy, we agree too
0: much, Snakes. Yeah, and, and, and Vaughn Miller is playing, playing lights out, too.
1: No question. Second childhood yep. for yep. Von Miller. Yeah, yep. In Indian summer, more accurately, in Los Angeles. And finally, Pittsburgh snuck into the playoffs in miraculous fashion when Jacksonville upset Indianapolis and Pittsburgh beat Baltimore. But they're at Kansas City, who I think is the favorite to come out of the AFC despite being the second seed in the playoffs Pittsburgh is an underdog by 11 and a half. I'm going with Kansas City to win outright, obviously, to cover Chiefs all day long. I hate to see it end this way for Ben Roethlisberger, but that's how it's going to end.
0: Yeah, sentimentally, I feel the same way about, um, about uh, Ben, but um, I don't think that they can beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead
1: you disagree with our picks, well, then put our money where your mob is and use promo code Nation to get a free $5 and enter into some contests. They also have daily MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA football, basketball, golf, MMA, you name it, they got it. They have contests as low as $1, meaning our $5 free can get you into up to five contests. Just go to bonniesports.com That's bonniesports.com on your laptop or download their 4.9-star rated app on the app store remember to use the code woo nation when signing up for a free five bucks no strings attached good luck woo! look we're all adults some of us use nicotine to relax focus or just unwind after a long day lucy nicotine is a company that was created to help nicotine users find a cleaner option and feel better about the way they consume nicotine their latest product is slim nicotine potches, which contain pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect, but without any tobacco at all. Lucy slim Potches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab. I'm talking none of the tobacco, all of the nicotine satisfaction. They come in three strengths, four, eight, and 12 milligrams, and three exclusive flavors, spearmint, mango, and cool cider. I know a bunch of smokers. My mom smoked for 50 years. Lucy products would have been great for her. My buddy Andre uses Lucy and it's working wonders. What a great alternative. Tell them, Nate.
0: Thank you, Marco. It's 2022. Don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products. Go with the newest tobacco-free options from Lucy.
1: Woo! You heard the nature boy. Go to lucy.co. And use promo code FLAIR to get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim Pops or any other Lucy products. That's lucy.co and use promo code FLAIR at checkout. Also, I got to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. That's lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code FLAIR. Well, Nate, we got the live podcast on January 28th at Hot in O'Fallon, Illinois, right across the border from St. Louis, which is the site of the Royal Rumble the very next night. And we're going to talk about the 92 Royal Rumble, the Ric Flair Rumble, quite a bit between now and then, and especially on the night. But let's give them a little taste. When did you find out, A, you were going to go 60 minutes in that Royal Rumble? And B, when did you find out you were winning? When did you get that information?
0: Uh, when I got to the building.
1: Not till that night.
0: Not till that night. Wow. That afternoon. Jake Roberts walked up to me in the gym in the morning and said, hey, congratulations. This is a big deal for you. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, you haven't been told? I said, no. And I got, walked in the thing and I had, I had no idea. I was never promised that. They just came up with it. And I, they said, can you do that? I said, hell yeah, I could do that. I mean, I've been doing that my whole life.
1: Yeah, it's funny too because when you came in early, you were the second man. Is that right? Yeah, second or third.
0: I can't remember. I think DBS was first. I was second, or something like that. Yeah, but, second but you, or third. You
1: went. You went over sixty minutes, and we'll, yeah. we'll have the details when we do the live show at O'Fallon. But you went sixty minutes, and it's funny because I was watching. You know, back then I had a bunch of guys I would watch the pay per views with. Actually, yeah. no, I was there live. That's right, boy. I'm. I'm. My memories. Nickelback Arena. Days. Right, I was there live with two friends of mine that played minor league hockey up there, the Palomsky brothers. Yeah. And 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 one of them said to me, wow, he's, because I didn't know you were going to win. And uh, one of my friends goes, well, he's probably not going to win now. And I go, no, he can go 60. That's no problem. This doesn't mean he's not going to win.
0: Absolutely. Well, they knew that. I, I just was, uh, I mean, I just, I keep trying to make people understand all Vince promised me was that I would make more money? He didn't. Talk, right. We didn't talk about. Oh no, no, being I the know that. Champion. But my yeah. point
1: being, I'm not sure the typical WWE fan, yeah, that had never seen you in in the NWA. I'm not sure they knew what you were capable of in terms of cardio and in terms of endurance until that night.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. You no, know, like I said, I mean, I I I was relatively new to their TV. You know, TBS was one thing but they had syndicated TV, which is a whole different world. And I was new and that's why I didn't draw that well in California. I mean, we sold out the first couple of times, me and Hogan, but you know, as a matter of fact, Hogan and I were in, were in the Boston garden the night before mania, or before the rumble and we sold out. But, um, yeah, I just didn't have the exposure. You know, like TBS now has a lot more exposure as we talked about last week with Tony's show, but, um, I didn't have that exposure, and like even in, I don't think Hogan and I sold out the Garden the first time. I mean, I, I was I was not a big draw in WWE. I was a big personality. Does that make sense?
1: I don't know about that. I think you're a big draw moving forward, but I understand. No, what you're I was about a bit, in
0: your early days. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I drew money as champion. And I didn't mean that. Was diminishing my. I was just saying that there are reasons why. You know, the guys that went up there and spent years, I my, my prime of my life was NWA. So right. I didn't, I went, I was 42 years old when I went up there and right. I could still work my ass off. That was the point, but it still wasn't, it was different. I had, I had cut my hair to make her happy. I'd done, you know, I just wasn't me and I didn't have the self-confidence. And, but once I landed there and I was, it's DBS, the Terry Taylor, Road Warriors, um, Hulk. I mean. Just all my friends from all these years. And it was the greatest year and a half I ever had. And my, my mistake was never going back.
1: Now, uh, <laughs> by the way, you mentioned TBS. It's worth noting that the first AEW show after the switch from TNT yep. to TBS did over a million. Yep. And it had that main event between Danielson and Page, which uh, yep. which Hangman won in 35 minutes. But yep. I think that's a big victory for AEW to get oh, over huge. a million having switched well, networks.
0: And it's a big victory for those two guys, which I did tweet out, to have one match and a week later, or was it two weeks later? You know, in the old days, we did it a week later in every town, right? But to come back and have a match that does not, that that is as good, if not better than the first one, even though it wasn't as long. That match they had was insane.
1: Actually, I thought that was a better match than the hour long draw. I, yeah. I thought they packed more into the, what was it, 35 minutes? I, yeah. I thought they actually got more done. And I'm not saying the hour match didn't move quick,
0: but this one moved quicker. No, it was tremendous. I, I mean, I, I like I said, I barely know either one of those guys, but I'm never going to take anything away from guys that can work like that. That was phenomenal.
1: Okay, let's go to friends and foes now. Our weekly segment, and the foe is going to be Bret Hart, who, who you had uh, 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 some matches with in WCW, and certainly you two were often compared. During the course of your primes, now you've been mostly complimentary of Brett, but but sometimes critical. Looking back, what are his pros and cons as a performer?
0: He's a master technician, but um, you know, I just I I I just like I say, he's a great worker. I I didn't think that um, he is charismatic in his appearance, looking on that. I didn't think his interview was that charismatic, but it it had nothing to do with his in-ring work. He was a great worker. He was critical of me saying I was repetitious. And I said, I would say to him, you know, which he's very outspoken about. I'd say, well, when you wrestle someone for an hour every night for 10 years, you're going to have to repeat something. And that, that finish of his was four moves. If that's not repetitious. I don't know what it is. Wait, wait,
1: wait. Let me see if I have this right, okay? Inverted atomic drop. Yep. Backbreaker. Yep. Russian leg sweep. Yep. Elbow drop from the second rope. Yep. Sharpshooter. Yep. Now, that's off the top of my head. So don't get me wrong. I think Brett was a fabulous worker, but if we're talking repetitive, well, pot meat kettle.
0: And you know what? Every time he did it to me, it worked. He won.
1: No question. (laughs) That's true. I remember.
0: I I, I wish I could tell you that I've ever beaten Brett Hart. I can't. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm
1: a fan of Brett, uh, and I think his his work in the ring.
0: Go go back to that picture right there. Go back there. Look at that punch he's throwing. But Brett's got the whole package.
1: Oh, no question. No question. And Like I said, I'm a big fan. Uh, You you mentioned his charisma level in promos. I I actually give him probably a bit more credit because I thought his interviews were very earnest.
0: Yeah. I thought they came across very no, serious. I, I, serious. I, 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 that I agree with. You. I said they weren't as charismatic. That's a different word, but it's serious. It's serious. Well, but they the were, reason
1: why his promos were like that, Rick, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but you know, I don't think any wrestler has ever taken himself more seriously than Bret Hart did.
0: Oh, and, no, and I don't know if it. that's
1: good or bad, but that's the truth. Am I right?
0: I would say so. Yeah. Well, we all took ourselves serious, but I played a clip this week where I would <laughs> the way I started. I said. So are you the guy that says he is the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be? Because I used to, I could crack bread up cutting a promo on him because I could just, you know, I, I we had really good chemistry when we were talking, right? I, I tweeted it out this week, that one from, whatever 20 or 30 years ago, where he the best there is, pal. <laughs> and one time I said to him, well, you were in a dungeon in Calgary. I was wrestling Brody. In Singapore, and the natives are restless <laughs> for an hour. So,
1: well, uh, a- again, getting back to Brett's work, he was really smooth. I thought the best part uh, of his repertoire yeah. were his transitions from from offense to defense, defense yeah. to offense, from move to move. Yeah, I thought he could work with any size and yeah. caliber of opponent. He was very much like you, and that he could make inferior opponents look very good.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, but see the difference? The only thing that philosophy wise is like and I used to use using one person as an example, because he more than anybody else, but I've done it with Sting, I've done it with. I I I don't I never saw myself suplex an Undertaker. Where that where Brett just had to suplex him. that make sense? Yeah, Brett had to quote unquote do the impossible,
1: even if maybe in context, it, it didn't make sense.
0: It didn't, because if the undertaker is the character. He's going to take a suplex and sit right back up, right? Right. Boom. So if I gave the Undertaker a ball shot, which I used to say to him, sell this, he goes down, right? Or we like when Arn gave him the spine buster, right? <laughs> in uh, uh, Toronto. And then when he sits up, I mean, it's the reaction from hell. It's a damn, you've got to be in the ring with him to feel that. Because every time you think you have the guy, right? It just, it just, it's in, insane. The guy was so damn good. And what a hell of a worker. I, 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 saw, when, no, I saw no reason to ever suplex him.
1: <laughs> well, I remember when the road warriors first came on the scene and they would take, like, somebody's finish and pop right back up. Yeah. And it got yeah. a huge pop, but it killed yeah. the move forever.
0: Yeah, but well, you, Joel would listen to reason. Uh, uh, not too much Mike. <laughs> Now, Mike, Mike was Mike was hard to convince of something different.
1: <laughs> now, Brett beat you for the WWE title in 1992 on a dark match at a TV taping in Canada. Why yep. was it a dark match, and and it kind of came out of nowhere too, didn't it? I I don't think okay. many people were expecting a title change.
0: Well, what happened was the night before wrestling with Barkley in the front row, the Ultimate Warrior dropped on my head on a vertical suplex. And I lost that, I got that inner ear thing. So when I when I went to the floor, I rolled up and I went to get up and I fell down. I went to get up again and fell down. I thought I was having like a stroke or something. And what it was that I had broken a little chip off in my ear canal in a way that, that's like oil. The little chip was going back and forth. And so it, it lasted for six months. I mean, I went to the mail Clinic, Duke, everywhere with my dad, plus my dad being a physician. And um, the, it just didn't heal. So I, I I called Vince, and he said, "Get to Calgary." And the reason the match was so bad is because I I had no no equilibrium. The match sucked because I, I but not I've never had a chance to tell the story I guess, publicly. But I had no equilibrium because I went home for six months after that. And it was a short match too, wasn't it? Yeah, I I couldn't. In other words, if Brett slammed me, right? Or gave me a backdrop, right? I had to lay there for a minute. I couldn't just get up and feed. Does that make sense? Yeah, you had to collect yourself. Kind of had, had to, to collect, co- collect myself Yeah, I'd well, collect myself, but I couldn't get up. I'd for fall balance. over. Your balance had to be yeah. re-established. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I, I, experienced, I had that for six months. And then one yeah. day I woke up and it was gone. I banged my head against the wall five times because I was going to get a Lloyd's to London check, tax-free 750 grand. And I called my dad. I said, "Dad, it's gone." So I said, "I'm not going to tell anybody, but I want to get my check." He said, "That's karma. Don't do it." And I and I didn't get it. I went back to work. <laughs> Seven hundred and fifty grand, tax free. Y-
1: well, your wives would have got it anyway. Oh wow, that's right.
2: You at know, least half.
1: At least half. Your dad was right on the money. He knew. <laughs> he knew what was ahead. Now. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know what you said something earlier that kind of struck a chord. I think you're right. I don't think you ever beat Brett. I know I didn't beat who did I beat <laughs> well, you you beat a few and but oh, I, they, oh, who did I beat? well you beat you beat sting a couple times
0: with the help of five horsemen. <laughs> we well, <know>. They don't <laughs> say how names I, I, they say I, how I, many uh, I, I never beat Dusty. Oh yeah, you did. Now I tripped over Gene Kineski. <laughs> or that was Harley who tripped over Gene. That was Harley who tripped over Gene, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he tripped over Pat O'Connor. Uh, uh, not Pat O'Connor, uh, Luthes.
1: No, Dusty Kineski.
0: No, Luthes. For, for me and the- Dusty, me and Dusty Oh, that's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. He, he tripped over Luthes. No, I never but, got I never got a clean win. It was always with an assist.
1: <laughs> well, well, but I don't think
0: you ever beat Brett literally, which begs the
1: question. How often did you work with Brett? Did you guys ever do like a loop in, in WWE? I know
0: you worked with him a hey, few times in WCW. Here's the deal. Oh, the loop in WWE? Oh, yeah. Brett nighted a couple hours. Yeah, he, yeah I, I love wrestling Brett. He was, it was a night off. No, here's the story. So Brett comes, and I see an opportunity. So I go to Eric. I said, Eric, I want to put Brett Hart over. He said, really? He said, you think I'll be good? I said, well, I don't know. You tell me. Well, and yeah, it was, was Brett's first match ever in WCW. Yeah, I know. In, in Dayton, Ohio, we stole it. And you know what? Else? We walked out of the building, and Randy Savage was screaming, "God damn it! You went too long, man! What the hell's wrong with you?" I said, "Fuck you, Randy." We just fucking stole the show. Go out and follow that. <laughs> that was that's the way the business was back then, man. I'm not, when I got a guy like Bret Hart that can work and, and is taking care of me and. Give me superplexes and all that. Well, I'm not going to listen to anything Randy Savage says to me. <laughs> well, do you think Brett made a mistake going to people? People to don't you? people don't like it when you're better than they're. That's just all there is to it.
1: Well, right when you're the best ever, nobody likes you.
0: Yeah, I know well, that. Yeah, it just it, But I mean, I, that's that, that was the deal. It was like, you know, it finally came time for me to beat Randy in date in Dayton, same place, Dayton, Ohio. Rick, Randy, his dad's there, Father's Day, and the next, and I walked back in. And uh, Bishop said, uh, I was on the booking committee and said, uh, you're, you're, you're not here anymore. You're done. Say it again? Because they, I held Randy to his word. I said, I'm going to do this. Put you over here. Put you over there. When we and get to Dayton, Ohio, you're going to put me over. And D- he wouldn't said, do it? No, he did put me over. But they, they fired me the next day. They fired me that night. I walked really? in, and Eric, instead of Eric going, hey, great match, he said you're fired from the booking committee.
1: Wow, I never heard that story.
0: Well, I got a lot of them. That's why we're on the podcast. What else <laughs> do you want to know? What else do you want to know?
1: Well, well uh, did Brett make a mistake going to WCW, even though he got more money?
0: Do you realize that in Daytona, Florida, I had already beaten Leon by myself for the world championship, right? In Dayton and Daytona, Florida, they booked me and Arn against Leon. He beat us both.
1: In a handicap match.
0: Handicap match. Wow. Yeah, he beat us both after I'd already beat him in a single match. That's how. That's how. Little. Why do you, Why do you think Arn and I cracked and drank every night? That's what Bischoff did to me and Arn.
1: Well, I think drinking every night that, be its
0: own reward. No, but do you not? You don't remember that match? I
1: I do, but I mean, it kind of all runs together after a while. It's it's so long ago.
0: Did Vader beat me and Iron. Well, if it made you drink, I can't complain because I was probably drinking with you. No, but I meant how, how ridiculous is that? We did it. We did. We just did. It, we were just cannon fodder. Well, get, getting getting
1: back to Brett, did Brett make a mistake going to WCW, even though he made more money?
0: uh well i i for me i well i i opened my arms to brett because i thought i made our company better but you know i don't know what happened it's not a political thing and i don't know i don't know enough about it you know that's one thing i'm going to try to clarify to you if i know for sure what i'm talking about i will i just know that he made more money but you know, as excited as someone like me was to see him come there, there were other people that weren't. Even though to him, they said, oh, come on, you know what I mean? So, you, I'll no, let no, you- No, let no, you.
1: question. I just- I'll let you
0: read between the lines.
1: Well, I'm not sure he was ever used properly, Nate. He came in, he was a referee first, and I guess that had something to do with his no compete. And then, see, I would have brought him in with a replica of the WWE belt and had him be the real world champion because he never Mm -hmm. lost the Montreal thing, I would have done the same thing WWF did with you.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like I say, I was glad to see him there, and I only got to wrestle him that one. I wrestled him twice, once on TV and once in Dayton, Ohio. But to answer your question, in 92, I wrestled Brett all around the country. It was great. I love working with him. Do you believe Montreal
1: was really a screw job, or do you think Brett was in on it?
0: No, oh, I think it was a screw job. I, I know I I know, I know, I know, the whole story, yeah. But well, we've I, been and told I had... the
1: whole story. You don't think there's any possibility Brett was in on it?
0: Absolutely not. Okay. No, let me tell no. you something. That, no, that, it, it, something that if you're part of, you don't let torment you. Okay? I wasn't part of this given the man thing away. It torments me. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, no, no, that, I get what you mean,
0: because Brett well, has so,
1: carried it around like a disease ever
0: forever, since. Not, forever, forever. It, it, you know, I mean, it created so much ill, bad blood. I mean, there's so much to it that I could talk about, but I'm not going to go there. But you, that isn't something you're in on that torments you. You know, forget, the, forget the, the money. Using myself as an example, forget the money. I worked my ass off, and I owned the trademark to be the man. The next day, I know I'm, I'm going on again. They stopped selling that shirt to be the man and just started sound the man. It's unethical. It's actually illegal by my contract. Think about
1: it. Well, again, victory is
0: yours, Nate. And, uh, and that's in the rearview
1: mirror now. Yeah. But, but that, it, it's good it got resolved the way No, it but did, I'm,
0: I'm following up with Randy. I, I'm sure that... I'm, I'm sorry, Brett. I'm sure he wasn't part of it because it, it wouldn't have tormented him for so many years. No, that's actually a very valid point now you
1: you touched on this earlier but do you believe brett is in the top five of all time top 10 of all time top 20 top, of all time where do you top, think he fits in? top 10 top 10 yeah you know there are some who think he's the best ever period and and you know i don't think he's far from that but like the guys in ftr they swear by brett but i think i think sometimes it's a matter of who you grew up watching and who influenced yeah. the way you worked if you're in the yeah. business
0: yeah I, I couldn't agree more I mean, I can't argue that Brett's not the best of all time. I can't tell you why, why someone would say I was either. I, I once again, I think that I, it, I just no pun intended. I brought a lot of flair. I mean, I, I mean, how many guys have got trademark sayings from to be the man, limousine riding, jet, flying style and profiling diamonds are forever. They're all trademarked. They're all mine. What other wrestler has those? Oh, nobody. But, but Nate, well, I'll give you an example. But, but that's, that's why I'm relevant today. No not question. It, not because of everything I did. To, I'm relevant today because of all that shit I thought of and said time and time again back in the 80s. Well,
1: I'll give you an example of the argument for Brett as is, is the best ever or one of, okay? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think you can make the argument that Brett is top 10, top 5, maybe even best ever like yeah. like Dax and Cash think he is. I always say that the top three hockey players of all time are Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky, and Mario Lemieux in some order. Whatever order you want to put them in, I really can't argue that much. I think Lemieux's number one. He's our hometown guy here in Pittsburgh. But there are certain guys in every profession at a certain level where it's tough to argue that they're not. And I think Bret Hart fits into that category in wrestling.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, who do, uh, who do you
1: think is the best hockey player of all time?
0: Bob Probert.
1: The okay, t- moving the, the, on.
0: Hey, okay, the top three are Bob Probert, Tony Twist, and Martin McSorley. See,
1: <laughs> and this is why we never talk about hockey on this podcast, for the love of God. Uh, who, before, who cares
0: before, about scoring goals? Who wants to see a fight.
1: <laughs> but before we wrap up about Brett, a couple, a couple more things. One thing I loved was in WWE – when Brett was a heel in America yeah. and a baby face in Canada.
0: Yeah. So see, I have never no, seen baby back.
1: face receptions like Brett it, got in Canada.
0: Yeah. Let me touch. Let me just touch on something. If that hadn't been done in Montreal, it might not have hurt him as bad, but he, oh, no took, question. he, he took that Canada stuff very serious.
1: No, he thought he was a Canadian national hero and and maybe yeah. he was
0: at some level. Well, to me, was he, I mean, uh, to me, you you, you you could say Bret Hart in Canada. You could say well, at Wayne Gretzky. I know you don't want to hear that, but Bret meant that much to wrestling in Canada as much as Wayne Gretzky did in hockey. I don't think that's inaccurate at all within the context of wrestling. Not, absolutely not. He was that famous. It wasn't the Carpentier. It wasn't the Rouge It wasn't uh, Mad Dog Ruchon. I mean, it was Bret Hart. And I've said that before publicly. I mean, if he... don't know why I wouldn't... Uh, Appreciate a comment like that. Now, uh, one thing I, we have to go back. A, a few uh,
1: episodes ago, we talked about brother his brother feuds and, and why they don't work and the exceptions. And we totally forgot about Brett versus Owen, which we got a lot of feedback on Twitter. How can you forget that? I don't know. I don't know how we forgot that. That might be the greatest, most believable brother versus brother feud ever.
0: I, I didn't see any of it. Isn't that sad? I did not see any of it.
1: What, you were in WCW at the time, correct?
0: Yep. Well, yeah. that take, take my
1: word for it. And there, yeah. there were very few guys, the quality in the ring and out of Owen.
0: Yeah, you know, I've only met Owen, I met Owen in passing one time. So I just, you know, I was devastated when I heard that news, boy, that was.
1: I'm, I'm the same, I met Owen when I was with WCW. I met Owen in passing yeah. at an airport.
0: Yeah, well, he certainly, he was very highly thought of and loved by, his, uh, yep. by the people that knew him, so. It's just a terrible, terrible situation, and I'm you know, like someone can bring up my son to this day. It's been what 13,'s been seven it's been nine years, right? but I'm sure every time his name is, is, comes his name, Owen's name comes out of uh, someone's mouth and that if Brett just he probably falls apart, like I do sometimes.
1: No question. Owen was a, a very memorable yeah. uh, performer and person.
2: Let's take a time out here. And while we normally have a lot of fun on this show, this is a pretty serious topic life insurance, specifically Goliath life insurance. Let me give you a pro tip we're all going to die. So, before you get a visit from The Undertaker, think just for a second about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. With life insurance from GoliathLife.com, what we're really talking about is protecting what you've worked so hard to provide for both you and, more importantly, your family. You see, life insurance, isn't about you. It's about those who matter the most to you. Sure. You do a great job taking care of them now, but who would do that? If something awful happened to you, I just lost two friends in the last year and a half one 42 with two kids. The other 46 who left behind a wife and three kids. Thank God they had insurance and Hey, I hear you. Nobody wants to think or talk about life insurance, but think about this. You might not get in a car accident, but you have auto insurance. You might not get sick, but you have health insurance. So we'll protect our car and we'll even protect ourselves from like crazy medical bills. But will we protect our family? That's what life insurance means to me. Peace of mind. Goliathlife.com streamlines the life insurance purchase process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers all at the same time and at the same place. Goliathlife.com. You'll do a fast and easy application and have multiple quotes within minutes. And oh, by the way, goliathlife.com has solutions for every budget. And maybe best of all, you pick your terms and payments at goliathlife.com. Once you pick your price, you can start the online application immediately. And check this out. You can even schedule the medical exam to happen in your home. You don't even have to leave the house to do this. And yes, I have done this. They sent someone to my office. It was fast, it was easy and it was unlike anything I expected. I got to skip the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations, and even the multiple visits to the doctor's office that we all hate so much. Goliathlife.com makes buying life insurance simple. Goliathlife.com promises no hidden fees, no upsell, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home, and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com.
1: What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business.
2: Furnished by Just Capital.
1: Now, next up, talking friends and foes is William Regal, who just got let go by WWE and NXT. We spoke a moment ago about how technically proficient Bret Hart was, and certainly Regal's in that category as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mechanic. All those guys from England, I like fit. You know, Billy Robinson, who broke me in. All those guys... It's a different style, but it's really—you can't see through it. It's solid as hell. I mean, without those forearm shivers that the guys have, like like Dory use, If you don't, if you don't, if you're not ready for that. You'll knock your teeth right through your lip.
1: Yeah, uh, you're, and you're right. That's very accurate. The English style, the semi shoot yeah, style, yeah. And heck, in, in Billy Robinson's case, at all op shooting style. Yeah, he was yeah. very respected in, in that regard. Yeah. And it's but, realistic. But, now, but,
0: but Billy was a bully, and uh, and Steve and uh, and Fit weren't.
1: Right, right. Oh, big big difference there for sure. Yeah. And uh, and it's realistic. And I'm not sure realistic is necessarily a strength these days. I'm not sure the fans expect it to look real anymore.
0: Oh, I think they do. You know, really? once again. Well, here's the deal. They, I, and I don't understand all this, but um, um, the um. The pace of the of the of the matches is so different now, but when they slow it down, like Edge and Randy did, or those guys i mean I think that everybody's wrapped up in the demographics. I don't know what audience means more, but I think the people that expect to see real wrestling you know' at a slower pace as opposed to real wrestling, which goes by so fast. That you can't enjoy because nobody's selling anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, for
1: sure, for sure. I um, mean, how,
0: how do you take a DDT off the top rope and get up, and that's not the finish?
1: Well, and how do you take a lot of these moves, Nate, and pop right back up and go on without having sold? I, I, uh, Nothing I was an anything. indie show about ten years ago. I'll tell a little story here, and then we'll get back to, to William Regal. I was an indie show about ten years ago. And these two kids were working, and and they've both gone on to work in major promotions, so I'm not going to make them sound like dolts by, by mentioning who they are now. But, you know, they asked me what I thought of the match, and I go, you guys didn't sell enough. And they go, well, what do you mean? I said, there was a spot where one guy came off the top rope to the floor, and the guy on the floor got him in a cravat on the way down and rammed his chin off the guardrail." And Nate, they were up and they were up to the next spot in nine seconds. I know because I timed it. Yeah. I counted. I, I said, "How long are they going to stay down?" They stayed down nine seconds after the after the match. I said, "That could have killed the guy. Come, yeah. literally killed him coming off the top rope." And they both said to me, "Nah, you're you're wrong. People people want us to get right back to it." And I go, "Okay."
0: Yeah, but I almost can... said, "That's why you're in a in a yeah. high school gym yeah. in McKee
1: sport." Exactly. Okay.
0: Exactly. But that see that's what's going on in the business. One day pacing, it'll be different. The next day, it's full speed ahead again. But uh, you, oh. if you look at some of the finishes um, that uh, the guys have taken out that are false finishes, it, it just doesn't make sense. I think that hurts the business more than anything. If you go, well, how in the hell did that possibly happen? Like, oh, they're back up. And then something even more devastating. And then they win with a roll-up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: How many? How many times have you seen it? Oh, all the time. Please. Now, how many? How many matches did you work with Regal? I don't recall a lot, even though you were in WCW together quite a bit. Well,
0: probably twenty-five or thirty times.
1: What? What was that like? What were those matches like?
0: Oh, great! It's a, it's a history lesson for a guy like me because I couldn't ever wrestle that technically. No, it just, I love working with Steve.
1: Well, what were some of the things that he
0: would do in a match
1: with you? that maybe you weren't used to and, and like you said, how much did it teach you? How much did you take out of that?
0: Well, that's, it's, it's important for everyone to understand you could take something 30 years later and see something if you have that, have that opportunity. And I took a lot of what Steve did. Well, uh, I didn't apply it to my work cause I'd already had a, a game plan. You know what I mean, but it made me realize. How important some of these final fundamental things that he could do that I didn't do were what made him great. Because Steve Regal will never be considered a great worker, but Steve Regal was a great worker.
1: Oh, I think I think among the boys and among the yeah, students but I mean, he trained, he's considered a great worker. Yeah,
0: exactly. But I mean, he'll never get that recognition. Anybody? Well,
1: let's, stay, let's stay with the teaching aspect of it because you heard great things about him. As a teacher at NXT. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, he was there when your daughter broke in, correct?
0: Um yes, he was. Yep, he was. I I, how I, much, now,
1: I know your daughter worked mostly with Fit uh, yeah. a, a lot back then, but how much how much did she work with Regal? Was he at all a factor in her development?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Not nearly as much as Fit. I mean, Fit, I thought he he was the very best. And whether what whatever happened, I, I have no idea, but for a guy like Fit, with all this wisdom and knowledge, who's traveled the world, wrestled worldwide, been in every possible wrestling formula or culture there is, right? He would sit down with the girls, and I could just see. I could see Ashley, and I could see Sasha, and I could see Becky, and I could see anybody he worked with. Him laying it out, and they, and they just, they, you could tell them that he he held their attention. You know what I mean? For me, I'm ADD, I'm bouncing around. If someone's trying to lay out a match to me, I can't. That's why I could never really have a good match with, with Randy. And I had a tough time having a good match with Paige. These guys that wanted to, you know, it's not even predetermined, but wanted to go out there and have this match put in cement, not knowing how the crowd would react. I just have never been able to do that. And may, may, maybe that, maybe that's a flaw in my, in my work.
1: Oh no, I don't think so. I just think you 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 were trained a different way and came from a different time, and I'm yeah. I'm not so sure that wasn't a better way to do it when I look at the matches then and look at the matches now.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you just you can tell sometimes that they're doing going through a routine, and the fans aren't buying it. You know What I mean, and that you they, you see that more more you see that more than you think you do, but that's yeah. that's that's. that's it's not going to change. And in, in all fairness, again, like I try to qualify statements, the kids don't have the time. If 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 Braun, the the if Steiner's son, right? It's, let's say he's had thirty matches. How you can't learn how to be a great for what he, for the time he's been in the ring. He's he's really really good, but it's going to be if, if twenty five or thirty matches, you're just learning the business. And probably wrestling the same guys. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. No. 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 He.
0: The, that, I, that's, that's, that's he even had
1: thirty matches.
0: I, I don't know. I've heard that from Terry Taylor. I don't know, but we know. Let's look. Look how good he'll be in two or three years from now. That's why Randy is so damn good. He's a Randy's been on top, on top for twenty years, and still on top. He's not the champion, but he's still the best worker they have.
1: Now now why wasn't Regal a bigger star? He was a good worker, he had a good look, he had the British aristocracy thing going that kind yeah. of vibe. Why do you think he didn't break through? Cuz I think he should have.
0: I don't know. I I can't give you a reason. An answer I that.
1: know what you mean cuz there's some guys that you just think should have been bigger and you you can't really explain why and he's one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I it's hard to explain. I mean, why wasn't fit a bigger star? Yep. it was. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't because he couldn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it certainly wasn't because he didn't have a great
1: persona and presentation. Yeah, because exactly, yeah. Regal did too.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, you you could say that about a number of people that that are really good and, and they don't get the opportunity. Um uh, and, and then and then you'll see somebody that you can't even believe is getting a world title shot. How does it happen?
1: Well, that that. That's as old as the business itself, certainly as long as I've been following. And one thing Regal did I really liked back in WCW. Remember when they paired him with Bobby Eaton and they did the Blue Bloods? Yeah. And Regal was trying to teach Bobby how to be a nobleman. It was kind of like My Fair Lady or or Pretty Woman in wrestling. And I thought that came off really good. It was funny. And they were great in the ring.
0: It did. Oh, yeah. And Bobby Eaton, G-R-E-A-T. Yep underlined three explanation points. Well, I used to say that the best tag team in wrestling was
1: whatever but, tag team Bobby Eaton but, was in.
0: But nobody is ever going to say that because they don't realize what they're talking about. When you talk about the top 20 workers in the business, Bobby Eaton is in it. No question. But his, his talent was hidden because he was in a tag team situation and because he didn't have great mic skills. But in-ring work, come on. Well, that's why during that era when tag team wrestling
1: was so big, it was the perfect yeah. time for him. Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, the best tag team was whatever tag team he was in.
0: Yep, and and Cornette was a hell of a manager. It was, it was great.
1: Now, uh, before we uh, move on, uh, here's a great trivia question, H. Uh, Regal was WCW World TV champ four times. Who held the TV title the most? Double A. Nope. I get in a try. Take another shot.
0: TV title. It's not, wasn't it Arn?
1: Nope. That, that was my first guess too, but I looked it up.
0: And it wasn't, re, it was Regal. Um TV title. I don't know.
1: Booker T, six times.
0: Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I love Booker T.
1: Oh, he's the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, great guy, great work, great yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, no. I would have bet it was Arn too. But he was tied with Regal at four. Although, you know what Arn told me once? Disco Inferno won the uh, WCW TV title. Yeah. And Arn said to me, the era of, of being uh, the FTC, that's what he called it, the former television yeah. champion. Yeah. He said the prestige of FTC died when somebody got the title who had Boogie Knight stenciled on his ass.
0: Yeah, it can hurt. Going back to the TV title. So. <laughs> Randy came in and and Hunter was leaving, right? And that's when I had something to say about it. And so it was Randy's opinion that he beat Hunter in five seconds. I said, Hunter's been here is an established commodity. How about you wrestle Arn Anderson for 15 minutes and go draw? <laughs> he he called me at home screaming. He said, I blew up. I told my guy, I I said, buy a stairmaster. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that idea of just creaming a guy coming in, forget that. They that's why they that I was the guy to get creamed. Not gonna cream some kid on his way out on a high road like Hunter was. Not gonna happen. Not 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 on my watch.
1: Now uh Regal was almost always a huge fact-
0: He ultimately did cream me, so there you go. <laughs>
1: Regal was almost always a heel, as I recall. It. And and that's good. We talked about how Steamboat could never be a heel. Yeah. I don't think Regal would have made a good baby face. He just had those heel characteristics.
0: Yeah, I think so. I agree. He's a, uh, first of all, he's a very charming guy as, as a person he could have no made. Question. Much, but he's he's a much better worker as a as a heel. His face his facials, crisp, sharp, stiff, all all all, all, all good traits for a guy that's trying to portray himself as a heel.
1: Nate, we're gonna give a plug again to our live podcast, January twenty eighth, Hot Shots in O'Fallon, Illinois. All the VIP tickets are sold. We still got some general admission left. And, and Nate, general admission ain't nothing wrong with that because we're gonna say stuff, we're gonna tell stuff, There's gonna be stories out there that have never Marco, been told before. Am I right?
0: Shocking news: there are forty four tickets left. That's it. Yeah, and if they're not gone, I'm gonna buy some for the flight attendants on the flight I'm in, we'll fill it up.
1: Well, that strategy's worked before, <laughs> as I recall.
0: You want to go to the matches? Yes.
1: <laughs> so that's Jan 28 at Hot Shots in O'Fallon, Illinois. You got to be there. The first Woo! ever live show, the super genius, the nature boy, uh, Rick Flair, Woo Nation Uncensored Live. And that's we will be shooting. In O'Fallon, Illinois, right by St. Louis, the site of the Royal Rumble the very next night. Now there's a couple of current wrestlers I want to discuss briefly. And one is orange Cassidy from AEW. Yeah. I know you met him. What's your take on him? The slacker gimmick, the lazy guy gimmick. I like like him.
0: I I like it. Once you've seen him, you've seen him. Yeah. But whether that's just it, he's unique though. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like the gimmick. I mean, you know, that's what he stands out. The reason we're talking about him because he got your attention. He's got my attention. I love the kid. And he's no. really a nice guy. But and I, I love the gimmick. No, I'm not being critical. I'm just not sure
1: where you go from here with the gimmick.
0: I don't know the answer to that either. But, you know, I, don't, I, I like it and I think he can do it for a couple more years. He's just an example of a guy you, you, don't, you don't have to have on TV every week.
1: Oh, no. Put it this way. You don't have to have him work every week. I think yeah. the character. Yeah.
0: Oh, a character on TV. But I meant working. The character
1: yeah. on TV is excellent TV. Yeah. No question. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ab- absolutely.
1: Now, now you mentioned Chad Gable of WWE last week. You like him. What do yeah. you like about him? He's an Olympic wrestler. A lot of credibility. Greco Roman in 2012 in London.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he never wrestled in college. Isn't that amazing? Not right. He, yeah, I know. I said, where'd you wrestle? Collegially. I didn't. This kid. But, you know, like, first of all, I I'm I'm so impressed with the guys that are classy and uh yeah I'm just gonna say this you know and, I, and I'm gonna you know this is the truth when I was at my best I'd have guys throw up before they worked with me I intimidated them that much <laughs> no I swear to God, guy I've had guys come over to me and say thank you so very much the night my last match before I went to retire in WrestleMania. I mean, that that's that's what bothers me about this whole thing, not, not turning the subject around. After WrestleMania, they brought me to Raw, and every writer on the show, from Brian to Ed, everybody, asked me to autograph the format for the show that, as I've locked out the building. The people have been calling me Mr. Flair my whole life. That's just Kid Gable. He reminds me of how people used to treat me when I was whatever I was, and he's a great talent. His problem is going to be his size, his whole career, but he can make a hell of a living. He can do. He could be Dolph, and he can work for twenty years and get rich. And he's entertaining. And And every time they try to do something, you know, I didn't like the shortage either. But guess what? He's back on TV because he's good he's damn yeah, good
1: I think he's good and I think he should be used better I think he has that kind of credibility but I, I do like, too. I, I didn't like the short EG stuff either because no. once you see that you can't unsee it that gets yeah. stuck in a fan's mind
0: yeah but I, but now they got him a good situation again I you know I don't you know they bounce around so much but here's the good the important thing and a good thing for him is he's still there and if you are can be a, just a really good Utility player, you're going to make money in this business and be in it for a long time. And if he gets the mindset that he can live with that, and maybe someday they'll, they'll put him up the ladder. But if he can just stay in the middle, he's making millions. He will. How small is too small? I don't know the answer to that.
1: Because he's 5'8". I think that's on the lower limit. Like this guy, Jonathan Gresham, I don't know if you've ever seen him. He's 5'4". And he can work, and he's very credible with the way he works.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But but I just don't know how small is too small.
0: Well, you have to remember now we got Brock and Roman, <laughs> so you know who's going to believe that guy can wrestle Brock? Who's going to believe he can handle Roman? It makes yeah, sense. Yeah,
1: but we had stuff like CM Punk against Undertaker, which kind of beggars belief in the size difference, but it worked.
0: Uh, I, I never thought. Did they have a good match?
1: Yeah, they they did. And don't get me wrong. I think that match and that matchup is the exception and not the rule. Yeah. And like we've obviously since the match. this podcast began, yeah. I think it's good that Big is coming back to wrestling. I I like guys like Brock and Roman and McIntyre and Lashley being on top.
0: No, I like it a lot too. But that, that it's not this is not taking away from the the smaller guys, but it's just hard, you know, it's like when uh um, when Brian Danielson wrestled Brock, you know, it was just a lot to look at in the heart and then we, but Bryan, Brock gave, uh, Brian a decent match, you know, which he didn't have to do. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I, I get it.
0: And, I, I just, and, and, Dan, and Danielson took all the bumps. Like I say, he takes crazy bumps. So every formula is different, you know, and, you know,
1: it, I'm, a, Nate, I'm an old guy. And and I like the underdog story in wrestling. But sometimes when a small guy fights a big guy, it's supposed to be a simulation of a real fight and I just can't believe it. I, I just look at it right away and I've tuned out emotionally.
0: Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, I sometimes I'll watch the show and then I'll, if I see something that I just can't stand, I I go, okay. I mean, everybody's got a different taste. Everybody's got a different opinion. That's why we're here today. Mine's Mine's just more educated, as is yours, than a lot of people with podcasts.
1: Yo, it's Ric Flair and Mark Madden from Woo Nation Uncensored talking about diet smoke. You know my problem with edibles? Sometimes you get so high, it can be difficult to control the dose. There's nothing worse than being baked out of your mind when you didn't plan on it. And you know, once you eat it, there's no going back. You just sit there, stoned out of your mind. That's why when I need the perfect medium high, I hit up my friends at Diet Smoke for their delicious Delta 8 THC gummies. You know what I'm talking about, Nate. So what exactly is Delta 8? Well, I'll tell you. Delta 8 is simply a slightly less potent THC. The THC that you're probably most familiar with is Delta 9. And while both are natural to the cannabis plant, diet smoke extracts their Delta-8 from hemp. Some may call this a loophole. I call it the secret recipe to
0: getting a smooth, stable, and most importantly, a legal high. Now you're probably asking yourself, does diet smoke really get you high? Oh, I'm, I'm asking myself that, and the answer is, of course. The high you get with
1: diet smoke, is best described as somewhere between the chillness of CBD and that classic stone feeling you get with regular weed. Diet smoke isn't just light, it's right. You got that, Nate, it's just right. Plus, diet smoke comes in two delicious flavors, blue raspberry and watermelon. I like blue raspberry, but Nate likes watermelon. I say try them both. Each gummy is infused with 10 milligrams of Delta-8 THC derived from American-grown hemp. And you know what they say, buy American, <laughs> get high with American. Also, Delta Smoke's Diet 8 gummies are low in sugar, fat-free, and delicious. Oh, and did I mention they're legal? So, when CBD isn't enough and traditional PHC is too much, enjoy the smooth buzz of Diet Smoke. Go to dietsmoke.com and use the promo code FLARE, F L A I R and get 20% off your order. That's dietsmoke.com, promo code FLARE, for 20% off. As a special offer, Diet Smoke's coupon code can be used on every order. Diet Smoke is legal in most states, and it's non-prescription. Just check Diet Smoke's website to see if they ship their delicious gummies to your state. Diet Smoke's Delta 8 THC gummies are not for use or sale to people under the age of 21. Please use responsibly.
2: And I'm the last number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Whew.
1: And in that vein, we're gonna we're gonna go off the deep end the other way and take some questions from fans submitted on Twitter now. So I hope you're ready for this. I'm ready. Uh, Mr. T, not the Mr. T, but Mr. T tweets, "What's the fave match you've ever had with Hulk Hogan?" and and that's a good question, H, because the one I remember most was the retirement match in 1994. That was Halloween Havoc in October of that year.
0: Yeah, well, that was the most fun because of Sherry, but the I mean. I just had fun wrestling Hulk whenever I had a chance to, but I, I think probably our best match was that one in Orlando that kicked off the, uh, the company and and got enough money in the bank to start nitro, which I didn't know about at that time to where where Shaq was there and, uh, Sherry was with me and, uh, Jimmy was with him. And then of course the one, the Halloween happy that you were at where I was going to retire. Um, then of course they brought me back a month later. Um, so, uh, but we, because Sherry was so damn entertaining and she climbed on top of the cage and Jimmy grabbed her and her dress came down and I mean, just so much chemistry all the way around and Mr. T looking at me going, you ain't gonna hurt me again, you? you ain't gonna hurt me again. I said, I'm not gonna do anything to you, man. What are you talking about? He said, I, I, I don't, I don't know what should mean. I cage, you guys. Yeah. Joey so talked to me. When I, see you. Well, I remember and Muhammad I, Ali was there too, remember? Yeah, of course. Tommy Hearn, the hitman was there.
1: And I have a picture. Now, listen yeah. to this, Nate. I have a photograph of me, you, and Muhammad Ali.
0: Yeah.
1: And I can't find it.
0: Oh, I got it here.
1: It's somewhere, but I can't find it. I would have that on top of my coffin at the funeral. Yeah. That was yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah. And that was fun. It was a great show.
1: And nobody remembers the matches. I, and I was at a, a couple of them. The one in Pittsburgh, and I forget where the other one I went to was. But you and Hogan on that house show loop when you first got to WWE, mm-hmm. and, and like I said uh, in a previous podcast, you got a very strong babyface reaction—not totally, but it was kind of a split crowd. And I'm not sure the powers that be like that.
0: Probably not, but um, yeah, I'm just I'm just basically talking about the context of the match. I loved he, he was so over, you know. Yep. There's guys, there guys like. When Sean's a babyface Face and I was the heel, that big Ricky Morton steamboat, me against Jack Briscoe and Jack me me against uh, or like Terry against me, it took a real powerful heel in character and in work to heel on me. Terry could do it. Yep. And and I was a full fledged, right. There was no in between me with me and Terry. That's why I worked. And when there's no in between, it's the best matches and the most entertaining for the crowd. I Enble- really liked Enble- you and Ricky
1: Morton. When Ricky had that little oh, singles yeah. run with you, yeah. uh, the Carolinas nine, nine, loved Ricky. They went nuts.
0: Nine-hour draws in one week. Wow. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday.
1: How did you feel by the second-hour draw on Sunday?
0: Oh, I was... I think Arne had a car full of beer before the match was over.
1: <laughs> well me, Let's go. I've been in that car and I've had that beer, so that doesn't <laughs> yeah. suck me at all. Here's here's Man. one from Florida Mike. What were Rick's thoughts on the Trish versus Charlotte match from SummerSlam twenty nineteen in Toronto, since Rick had, had worked with Trish in the past? Uh boy, that was a good match. And I do consider Trish Stratus a top echelon worker. Oh, and if I memory serves, she hadn't worked very much. For like 10 years, going they into tore, that match with they, your daughter. They
0: tore it down. Yep. They tore it down. And I told Ashley, you know how honored you should be. I mean, she was the Trish Stratus wants to wrestle you. I mean, that's, this is Trish Stratus who is, you know, going to be one of the top stars of all time in the company. Uh, and I, mean, I've seen that sincerely. She's a wonderful person too, but for someone of Trisha's status or level to reach out and say, I want to have a retirement match in, in my hometown. Are you kidding me? It Was absolutely fabulous. Uh, that, that, I mean, that, that'll be something that Ash can talk about the rest of her life. No question, and, and like. Uh, and treasure, and treasure the minute. And it was a great match. Yeah, just it a, was, not a it, good match, but a great it, match. It was great, and man, they worked their ass off all week long. You know, Trish stayed in great shape. Well, I think I'm, that was good for Trish too,
1: because you know when she was in her prime with WWE, uh-huh. it was kind of the TNA. Uh, <laughs> Era of talent. And, and, and Trish was certainly a very attractive woman, but she could go uh-huh. as well. She could work. And that kind of got lost in the shuffle during the prime of her career. And I think it's good that she, along with your daughter, were able to give us a reminder.
0: I think it was great. And they did. They were in a hell of a match.
1: Now, here's one from Nikki Six, not the Nikki Six. Boy, we get a lot of imposters with these tweets. Had Eric Bischoff successfully purchased WCW, would you have stayed with? WCW or was one last run in WWE always your goal? That's a good question.
0: Oh, oh God, I told you the happiest night of my life was the night they closed down. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I sign up for it again? Are you kidding?
1: Well, you and Sting wrestled the last match ever, correct?
0: Yes, but neither one of us had been in the ring. It was horrible.
1: Wasn't that bad. I saw it.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, I had a t-shirt. Steve, he just had shoulder surgery. I was a cosmetic nightmare.
1: Hey, you're trying hey. to sell merchandise. That T-shirt sold thousands.
0: Yeah, well, I, I never got paid. So,
1: I, 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 hey, I, me I, neither. I wasn't there. I'd been fired two months before.
0: They, they go A, B, C, D, F. They forget about F, and on merchandise, all my whole career, no merch needs.
1: <laughs> Here's one from Wahid who says, "Did Rick like wrestling? Bruiser Brody? I never saw you work, Brody. I mean, I'm sure you did, but I, I never saw it—not live and not on TV."
0: Yeah, I loved it. Yeah.
1: How uh, often felt, did you work?
0: Well, I probably wrestled Frank, um, God, over the, jeez, probably probably 100 times.
1: And, and he wasn't, he was really safe, wasn't he? He wasn't yeah, crazy yeah. like you would think.
0: Well, he was, yeah, no, he was very safe. But I mean, he, he never hurt me, never. Looked like, I mean, those kicks, I'm not saying they weren't in there. But we did a finish one night where I suggested in St. Louis, where I throw a chair into the ring, which which was hard to get by Sam. And uh, they were filming it for Japanese TV where the checker dome was sold out, slam. Where Brody, I said, <clears throat> can I trust you? Where he threw me in the corner, I did the flip and ran down and went to jump off, right? And he caught me midair with a chair, boom. And I swear, I wish that was on camera somewhere, but yeah, he was a big imposing guy, but uh, if he respected you like he did me, it was it was a night off, and I I really felt I really felt like I'd accomplished something. Even Brett Brett's name been on the show for the last hour and a half. Brett said to me, "What was it like, wrestling Brody?" I said, it's it's hard to explain, especially for an hour, because the big son of a bitch would never get tired. You never get tired. Unbelievable. Well,
1: uh, I'm surprised Sam to let you do that finish with
0: the chair. I really am. I saw right, I, took a lot of finagling, but we did it. That wasn't the finish. The referee was down. He hit me oh, with what it.
1: What was the finish? An hour. Wow.
0: Yeah, we won an hour.
1: Were you World yeah. Camp then? Huh? Were you the world champion then? Yes. Wow. I would but like see, to I,
0: I, I, I wrestled him in, I, here's where I wrestled him. I wrestled him in Kansas City, uh, some other towns in the Kansas City Territory. And I wrestled him in St. Louis, and I wrestled them in Japan. So maybe, I'm thinking maybe 75 times. But they were always to an hour draw. Now, uh,
1: here's one from Shep. I would love to know what you think about wrestling in North Korea. What was it like? Now, that was a collision in Korea, two nights in North Korea, April of 95. And that was a crazy trip. There was a documentary. North Korea was a dictatorship, as now, and a scary place, correct?
0: Yes, very.
1: What was it like for you?
0: Well, I was uncomfortable from the time we got there because they took me and Ali and separated us from everybody else. Took us to a different hotel, so I wasn't even in the same hotel with all the guys. And then they, you know, they, he and I were the royalty, I guess, of the event. Uh, I had never wrestled an Oki, I'd never even met him prior to that because I was always working for Baba as a world champion. Um, I think I'd met him. But anyway, we never got to talk or anything. We just got in the ring. I said, I, a referee said, you okay? I said, yeah. He gave me the finish. I said, yeah. I said, just tell him to trust me. And then he came back and said, he, he said, lead away. So it was good. We had an average match. We're not, we're not being in the ring and not being that familiar with each other. Uh, yeah, He and Fujinami, I, I, I could work with those guys all day long. Muda.
1: So wait, you never talked with Anoki about the match until you were in the ring?
0: I never saw him until we, until we got in the ring, the whole wow. tour, the whole trip,
1: and the referee gave you the finish, and you just
0: did it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, I, I, just said, "What, what do you want to do?" And that's what it was. Um, you know, and I, I just said, "Listen to me, like, let me get the figure four on and all this stuff." You know, and here's another shocker. You know, of course, I was all promised all this stuff again by WCW or whoever was the boss. Mm-hmm. You can fill in the blanks. It was supposed to never air anywhere. They made a pay-per-view out of it, sold it, I never got a dime. That's a familiar theme on this podcast, you never
1: getting a dime.
0: First of all, they promised me, not that they had to, there was never seen anywhere. They made, they made a, a DVD out of it, I never, got, I never got paid a dime.
1: There were 165,000 people in the stadium, what was the crowd like?
0: 100, 190.
1: Under ninety. What was the crowd like?
0: Silent until me until Noki. The whole show was silent until Noki came out. Then they went crazy. Not because the match was they, so they, good. They because he, he he's Korean. Right, I know. Yeah. So he was a he, he was like in their eyes a returning hero. Now, we, why he, were
1: you in that match against Anoki? Why were you selected? Why wasn't it Hogan? Why wasn't it somebody they else? They wouldn't
0: go. They wanted George Foreman first, Hogan second, me third. I was so a, why would they go? Just because of career? A, yeah, they didn't go. They were smart. <laughs> I'm going
1: to go I, out on a limb and say Hogan didn't want to do the job either.
0: Here's Eric Bischoff. You're going to be more famous than Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> okay, let's do this. That sounds good. I see LT all the time. I say, am I still more famous than you? <laughs> now, now, you were in a different hotel. So, how many days were you guys there? Because that must
1: have been a long Five. time.
0: We were there there three days too long, and wouldn't let us go.
1: Who who did you socialize
0: with since you weren't at the hotel with the boys? A a bartender that didn't speak English. That's it? Yeah. Wow. You know, a bunch of bartenders.
1: That's a tough trip.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, what's his name? Scott Norton was cussing out, cussing out his stave and talking to his wife, Tammy, and they cut off Norton's phone.
1: Right, and somebody came to see him, he said. Well, that's pretty scary.
0: Very heavily scrutinized.
1: And finally, from Clarksville,
0: when we landed in Nagoya, I literally got off that private jet and kissed the ground. (laughs) Swear to God.
1: And finally, from Clarksville in Tennessee. What is your opinion of the new NWA? Its retro show format and its potential to grow. I, you were at their uh, anniversary show or whatever it was. They mm-hmm. returned to St. Louis, correct? Yes. What what what's your take on that whole operation?
0: Well, I think the people that run running are great. I, I don't I don't know them that well. Um, they um, they treated me like a god, and as, that's why I'm so excited. St. Louis has been one of my better towns. <clears throat> that's like, I, I consider St. Louis like for me to work in like, um, Greensboro or Charlotte. And we sold it out and the show was great. And they gave me, I said, the guy said, how long do you want to talk? I said, "How much can I have, he said, I told the story. He said, who tells Rick Flair how long you can talk? I go, well, I haven't heard that in a while, but, <laughs> and they gave me about <laughs> a, They gave me about a 10 minute promo. And it was great. And I just said the truth. Because in, in that very ring, in that very building, the chase, I'd wrestled Pat O'Connor, I'd wrestled Gene Kineski, I'd wrestled Black Jack Lanza, Black Jack Mulligan, Dick the Bruiser, Harley Race, I mean, did I say, Pat O'Connor, Um, oh, Terry, Dory, Jack, I mean, you're talking about legendary people that nobody in this business has wrestled besides me or them. There's three of us left. Three living, traveling world champions. Me, Dory, and Terry. And Terry is hanging on. Dory, and I'm not sure how his health is, but when you do that for a long time and you wrestle all those hours and all that, and you look back and, you know, you see you've gone through hard, good hard good times and bad times, but you've given so much of your career to have it be disrespected, not going back to where it was, it's it's hard not to swallow. But that night I was Ric Flair again and they made me feel special. And guess what? They paid me.
1: Well, Nate, you're always Ric Flair. Don't sell yourself short and you're No, no, I'm just
0: saying I'm, I'm explain how it's changed. Even when I was a world champion going to Japan, I would get off a car. This has nothing to do with either promotion. When I first was a world champion, I would land, they would pick me up in a limousine, the other guy is riding a bus, I'd go to a hotel in the press conference with a hundred people. That, that, H, uh, that, that doesn't happen anymore. The business has just changed.
1: Well, we're going to take, take it back to like it was on the 28th at Hot Shots in O'Fallon, Illinois for yeah. the live Ric Flair podcast. That's going to be all the way 40, live.
0: 41 tickets left. Uh, they've sold three more. You said yeah. 44 before. I know. but three, you know, I, I just got pulled it up on the phone. Wow. Well, 41. <laughs> well, 41, and if you're not there... It's going to be S-R-O.
1: No question. It's going to be unbelievable. Can't hey, wait. Hey. Going to be shooting. Well, we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble in 92 at Great Link. We're going to talk about your history in St. Louis. We've only scratched the surface on those topics.
0: Am I right? Absolutely. You remember that St. Louis is the home of the black scorpion. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring that up too. <laughs> just, just
1: don't bring the costume. Stay. Stay. Don't bring the costume, please. I'm begging you. No, I
0: left it. Uh,
1: you, you, you 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 have the black scorpion costume?
0: No, no. I, I, I think a uh, a girl that did room service has it. <laughs>
1: well, and, and probably deserves <laughs> deserves it, and then some. Nature, great stuff. The sun is peeking in, so we got to wrap it up. Woo! And we'll do it again next week. Thank this you. Is Woo Nation Uncensored Unmarked Man, and that is the greatest wrestler of all time, the Nature Boy. The Nature Boy. WOOM!